Hello and welcome to Raw Fork Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buxov, or just Dr. Book for short. I'm a community pharmacist and an herbalist dedicated to serving my clients in the best way that I know how. I'm bringing you this podcast to share with you like-minded pharmacists and herbalists that want to work alongside each other and share similar visions for patient care. Please enjoy the show. Hello, dear listeners. I hope you've been enjoying the inspirational interviews I've been conducting so far with like-minded pharmacists and herbalists. I have a real treat for you in store today since I'm interviewing another podcaster who also happens to be both a pharmacist and an herbalist. I had a blast interviewing Dr. Lana Camille, drug information pharmacist and professor practicing in Boston. She's the host of Plant Love Radio. Please tune in to listen to her story and learn more about her work. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I have with me today Dr. Lana Camille. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here with you. So um, first and foremost, why don't you give us a little brief introduction about your background and where you're from and where you went to pharmacy school? Sure. So I was born in Eastern Europe, and uh, I immigrated here when I was 16 years old. Um, I came to Boston, and uh, a couple of years later, ended up uh, making a decision to go to college. And so the decision was a complicated one because I didn't really know what I wanted to study. And so um, after talking about this with my family, kind of like the family decision was made that I'm going to become a pharmacist. And this is a, um, it sounds a little crazy uh, when we are talking here in the United States, but very often back in Soviet Union, many decisions were made this way. And so um, I wanted to become a pharmacist because I really like biology and I really like chemistry, but I also was very interested in helping others, helping people. And so pharmacy made a lot of sense to me. And so I ended up going to Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences and uh, doing my undergraduate program here and then later pursuing a doctor of pharmacy degree. At the time, they were two separate, two separate programs. And so by the time I graduated, I did my pharmacy uh, residency, and uh, that was that was my training. Wow. Well, I kind of have a similar story in terms of having a family decision of what makes sense um, to pursue so that we have that in common. And I'm also from Eastern Europe myself. Yes. So, yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, so but, where did you com- complete your yeah. residency? So I did my residency in uh, Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center at the time. But I think one thing that I forgot to mention is that my great-grandmother was a homeopathic pharmacist back in Ukraine. And so it did um, help to make this decision a little bit easier because – um, I had ancestors that were pharmacists, and so I thought I knew exactly what I will be doing, that I will be walking and following in their footsteps. Well, I'm a slow learner, so it took me about five years to figure out that homeopathic pharmacist does not mean 
you know, regular pharmacists that we see today and that homeopathy and pharmacy are two very, very different disciplines. And so uh, it was it was an interesting and curious discovery. Yeah, definitely. I could totally relate because even in other countries besides Russia and Ukraine, pharmacists take on a whole new role than here in America. I feel like it's very distinct how they're trained and what they actually do. And especially in Russian medicine, there's so much more integration with herbal medicine and homeopathy than we see here. Absolutely. So, yeah, so that's cool. But you ended up, I guess, combining some herbal and homeopathy and alternative training afterwards, right? I did, but the story doesn't exactly start there because um, when I was in my right uh, before going back to my second year of college um one august night i found myself sitting in my parents uh, bedroom and sobbing uncontrollably and uh, my parents couldn't understand what was going on and i was just crying and i couldn't stop and i didn't know what was happening and uh Looking back at this right now, I kind of realized that I think this was my first anxiety attack or my first panic attack. Um, I was going back to a very demanding curriculum, and I'm go- I was going back to pharmacy school, the, um, the competitive program, the uh, colleagues and students that were always trying to learn and trying to excel and it was just a it wasn't an easy environment and so I just felt stressed and I felt overwhelmed and I felt like everything was falling apart I was a good student so um, but inside of me something else was happening and so um, my desire to start looking for something else came from the idea that I didn't know what how to handle this whole situation like I wasn't sick but I wasn't happy and I wasn't healthy because I was overwhelmed and anxious and so I started looking for ways to educate myself and to feel better and to get to know other people that may be doing something slightly different and so this is how I started exploring these ideas of complementary and alternative medicine and specifically fell in love with herbal medicine. Wow. So you already started implementing some of these ideas while you were training to become a pharmacist yourself? Just a tiny little bit. So I started to look for experiences. So, for example, in my uh, during my graduate training, I was looking for uh, preceptors and mentors that were doing this. So I found uh, one particular teacher and mentor that was doing um, rotations and clinical clerkships and that she was connecting like homeopaths and herbalists and naturopathic physicians. And so I was really excited about this. And so I was trying to find things like that. And then during my residency, I was very lucky because my uh, primary preceptor was very interested in this path. And so she was very interested in helping to support me. So... So it did start before I graduated because I was curious and I was asking questions. Yeah, that's actually familiar to me as well. I had a um, an alternative intro, intro actually course to alternative um, 
medicine in pharmacy school, but it was towards the end of pharmacy school. And mm-hmm. uh, I still keep in touch with my teacher and mentor from that class. And she mm-hmm. kind of opened my eyes to all of this stuff, too. That's wonderful. So uh, tell me a little bit about these other trainings that you had. You started going um, to retreats or some kind of master classes or educational programs in all these other areas. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, so some of these things were happening parallel uh, to each other. So I uh, graduated. I started my residency. After I was done with my residency, um, one of my main projects during residency was looking at uh, patients with cardiovascular disease and their use of complementary and alternative medicine. And so because I was in Harvard teaching hospital, they were running this research, this survey, and I was absolutely excited and thrilled to be a part of it. So when I graduated, um, I started applying for jobs, and one of the positions that was open was Center for Drug Information and Natural Products in my alma mater, Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences, and I did apply. And I ended up uh, getting hired and working as a drug information pharmacist, which I still do at the same center. So it changed, uh, it changed, uh, like roles have changed and directions have changed, but the center is still here. And so this is something that I have been doing for quite a long time. Um, but at the same time, um, at one point, um, one of my mentors, um, a dean that I was working with, asked me, what do you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> and I remember this conversation, right? And I said, oh, I would love to have some sort of program or something that will help me to teach what I am learning um, to other pharmacy students. And so he was very supportive in terms of allowing me to go and take different classes. And so it kind of started as sort of like, you know, smaller classes, maybe like conference type of uh, classes. And so this is how it began. But eventually I started looking for um, programs, a longer pro- programs. And so um, I was running a small graduate program in natural products, and I was inviting all these different herbalists to come and teach my students or to collaborate with me. And at one point, I felt like I was an outsider because I was inviting all these herbalists to teach pharmacists. And I was like, you know what? I also want to be an herbalist. And so this is how it started shifting. And so I took um, an apprenticeship with Rosemary Gladstar, who is one of the herbalists that is pretty well known in the in the United States, in the herbal community. And after doing the apprenticeship, which meant like once a month for seven or eight months, you would go there and you would spend a beautiful weekend learning with other people and then going home and doing homework, drinking teas and making syrups and doing all sorts of other things. It was just so empowering and so fabulous and so uplifting. And I absolutely fell in love. But I wanted to continue And so I ended up uh, taking another class, which was a two-year program, um, and it was a certificate with uh, David Winston, who is another herbalist here in the United States, finished that, did another two years with him, 
did another apprenticeship. So, uh, you know, eternal student, always curious, always interested in learning more. But at the same time, I kind of started inviting or creating more offerings for pharmacy students where I was teaching and where I was delivering the content. So it's kind of like what's happening in parallel. Oh, wow. Well, all of that sounds absolutely amazing. All the herbal programs and even your pharmacy job sounds very interesting. Thank you. Yeah, so how did you get into the teaching role? Is it part of your drug info uh, training and role that you also get to teach students? Yes, it is. And so I was hired by the university. By At, at the time, it was called Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. And so the Drug Information Center was a part of the pharmacy program. And so uh, from the very beginning, like my services, my clinical services were provided as a drug information uh, pharmacist, but at the same time, I was teaching students in classes, so didactic teaching. And so very quickly, I began uh, teaching in classes like over-the-counter drugs and self-care products and things of that type, but I also started developing electives. And so a couple of electives that I've been teaching for a number of years are Complementary and alternative medicine and herbal medicine, and so these are two of my two of my favorites. So you teach full semester classes of these electives. So I teach complementary and alternative medicine in the fall semester, and then I teach herbal medicine or herbal supplements elective in the spring semester. Wow, sounds wonderful. Although quite busy, I imagine. Yes. So, and then the drug info part of the job, um, is that like a nine to five or how, how flexible is it with you teaching classes? Sure. So the uh, drug information ser- service is a place where I am able to provide clinical clerkship experience for my students. So I have a couple of six-year students that come on rotations with me. And so they work on projects. They answer questions uh, from public, from um, healthcare professionals, um, and so this is something that I'm just training them to become, how to be a drug information pharmacist. So they also attend some of the classes. So it's all part of this overall, you know, system. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I've been to those um, appies and ippies as well. Exactly. The experimental, I mean, experiential rotations. Mm-hmm. Um so how how do people know to direct questions to the Drug Info Center, and where do you get the most questions from? Sure. So we are a relatively small center. So there is a uh, email that your listeners can send questions to, and it's drugginfo uh, at mcphs.edu. And I'm happy to send it to you, and you can include it in the show notes. And so pretty much any anyone is welcome to email us. And once again, it could be a healthcare professional or it could be a layperson. And so we work with uh, healthcare professionals. We work with uh, herbalists. We work with media. We work with pretty much anyone that would get in touch with us and contact the center. Oh, wow. So you don't turn anyone away. Correct. <laughs> That's amazing. 
Thank you. Because I know there's a lot of, like, local drug info centers, um, but mm-hmm. only like, the locals would usually know about it or, like, the, in the university that it's attached to or the hospital that it's attached to. So it's good to know that you guys answer all the public questions. Yeah. Okay. So now let's get back to your trainings and what sure. you currently do. So besides doing the Drug Information Center and the teaching, you also run your own podcast. So why don't you tell sure. us a little bit about that? Sure. So about four years ago, actually November is kind of like a birthday for me for the blog and podcast. So about four years ago, in 2015, I started a blog, and uh, two years ago, I started a podcast. And the reason why I wanted to bring these things um, to my students is because I was getting a lot of questions, personal questions from my students. So similarly to them, when I went to school, I knew how to deal with complex chronic diseases. But I was not really sick, and I just wanted to be healthy and to to figure out how to do well, how to support overall health and well-being. And I found myself dealing or handling a lot of similar type of questions from my students. The classes have become very popular because this is the type of information that my students were looking for. Um, they wanted to figure out how to eat better or how, what type of teas to drink or, you know, what type of uh, exercises to, to prioritize in their life or how to have better thinking and better cognition. And so, um, so in 2015, I started writing about this. And so for about two years, I was just um, releasing uh, blog posts on a weekly basis. And then in 2017, uh, someone interviewed me, similarly to what you're doing right now. And I remember she was asking a lot of questions and, you know, how, um, like, what my work life was like and uh, why was I interested in blogging and so on and so forth. And by the time I was done with the interview, uh, we spend another hour talking about how I can actually interview other people and bring them on my podcast and share this and share their knowledge with others. And that's how my podcast was born. And so in 2017, I started the podcast, and earlier this year, I actually rebranded it. And so the new name for the podcast is Plant Love Radio. And so what um, initially I started talking about herbal medicine, food, and self-care techniques. And even though I still think that all three of them are super important, my passion and my love are herbal medicine. And so I decided to narrow down my focus a little bit. And I have been uh, interviewing herbalists and, you know, getting their perspective and getting their um, their tips and strategies um, on a variety of different health-related topics, and this is what I publish. Yeah, I've been following you for some time, so I'm uh, familiar with your content. Yeah, thank you. And I know you also post some stuff on aromatherapy, astrology, and cannabis, and many, many more topics. So mm-hmm. um, which of those are the most interesting to you besides herbalism? So most of these topics are still somehow connected to herbal medicine. So when you're looking at cannabis, the person that I have interviewed, or there are several different people that I have interviewed, 
One of them is a chef and also an herbalist that has been working at a dispensary. And so she looks at cannabis as a gateway herb, if you will. And so she explains how these things can potentially work together. If you're looking at the um, you mentioned the astrology piece of this. Uh, several years back, I took a really interesting class on how plants and planets, what is the connection uh, with them. And I have an interview that is uh, coming up in a few weeks that um, is interviewing the creator of the school. And so this is something that he will be uh, talking about. So a lot of these other topics that you are kind of looking at, there is a definite connection to the herbal medicine world. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. Everything is connected. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, cannabis, it's often called the gateway drug, but another good way to look at it is the gateway herb because it also Mm -hmm. introduces people to the world of herbs. Right. Yeah, a lot of people are familiar with that herb first and foremost, and then they start to get interested in other herbs. That's true. And I think what's also interesting is that someone who is learning about cannabis has to really pay attention to their physiology and really understand how to use the plant correctly. And I think that that's a very useful skill for anyone that is trying to learn about herbal medicine in general because herbs are gentler than drugs and their effects are not going to be as harsh and as pronounced. And so you really need to pay attention and really understand, oh, this is stimulating or this is relaxing or this is coming and where do I feel it and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's quite individual as well. So it will affect people differently, different doses, different preparation methods, different quality of, yeah. So I I really like that um, self-experimentation also um, Mm -hmm. in terms of herbal medicine and uh, the organoleptic senses and evaluating what it does to your individual body and how you interpret it and how you feel it. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about what's in store for the podcast or any future classes that you have planned or anything else that you have going on. Sure. So, So the podcast is going to be released shortly or I will restart the new content, publishing new content. I have about 11 or 12 interviews that are already recorded and I am always interviewing and always talking to different herbalists. And so I am super excited. So um, there are a variety of different topics. And so from wild crafting to preparations of uh, different herbs, I have someone who loves to bake with herbs and different spices. Um, there are uh, there is a person that is talking about f- uh, flavonoids and uh, different types of antioxidant compounds. So there is a whole variety of different topics, and so I'm super excited about that. So that's on Plant Love Radio. In um, at school and in terms of courses, in the spring semester, I'm going to be very busy because we're starting two new classes. One of them is called Culinary Applications for Disease Prevention and Health Promotion. So we're going to have a lab where I have a chef that is going to be working with students and I'm helping to co-teach the class where we are going to look at variety of different types of nutrients and we will look at different types of food groups and actually play and enjoy and teach students how to cook well and how to cook well for themselves. 
So we have only about 12 students that are going to be enrolled in the class. We had a huge uh, number of inquiries, and so super excited about this and really thrilled. Uh, and then the other class that we're going to teach um, is completely different. Um, I'm a big, I'm a bit of a geek. I love technology, and so it kind of, uh, it's, my students are always surprised because on one hand, I'm talking about herbs and I'm talking about nutrition, and on another hand, I love technology and I love experimenting with technology. And so my other class is called Digital Health. And so with another colleague of mine, we are looking at ways to incorporate technology and ways to look at technology as it allows us as pharmacists to contribute to development of new healthcare models. So whether it's artificial artificial intelligence or virtual reality and augmented reality, or whether you're looking at robotics or whether you're looking at uh, medical apps or genomics and longevity. So there are a variety of different topics that we're exploring. And once again, it's super exciting because this is what I love the most about my job is that it's never the same. It's never boring. There are always new things that are developed. There are always new things that are explored. Yeah, wow. Those two sound like wonderful classes. I wish Thank I lived you. in Boston. <laughs> Thank you. So I could attend. Are they only open to pharmacy students or anybody in the college? So for now, the, so the uh, the culinary applications class is open to pharmacy students, and the digital health. Uh, this is a pilot where we are trying it with pharmacy students as well. But the goal is to eventually open it to the entire university, where we would be able to have nurses and PAs and you know nuclear medicine and various other majors uh, would be able to take this and experience it as well. Wow. Well, I also follow you on LinkedIn, and I noticed that the drug info and technology knowledge is definitely something that you, um, you're you passionate about because you're always posting new articles on that yes. sort of field. Yes. Um, so, okay, um, you do all these things, but I'm assuming your drug information job is your primary income. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any... Uh, income at all or sponsorship for the podcast or are you doing it all on your own in your free time? So at this point I am doing it on my own but um, uh, it's something that I hope to continue developing and so it's the university that primarily uh, where the income is coming from at this point and teaching and services and things of that type. So how do you, uh, like, what is your greatest motivation? Like, what's your overall mission for your company, your um, podcast, and everything that you're doing and educating other people about? Sure. So a few years back, I started noticing more and more that our students were struggling. And so one of my main motivations is to figure out how to make students' life a little bit better, how to help students to be a little bit more resilient uh, when they are facing uh, stress, when they are, um, you know, dealing with many different things that are happening in their life. And this is the main reason why I'm doing this. Um, and I love just in general empowering plant lovers. And so I'm trying to become a, a better uh, a better storyteller. And so my uh, motto on my website is 
empowering plant lovers one herbal story at a time. So I love hearing teachers and mentors, my teachers and mentors, talk about their own journeys and how they developed uh, their passions and their interests in herbal medicine world. And it's always fascinating to me. And so between this idea of always being um, curious and always wanting to learn more and also wanting to share this knowledge with others, I think these are the two main driving forces for me. Yeah, that makes sense for me as well. And that's exactly what I'm doing or trying to do on my podcast, just share how people are living their lives with their passions and what what they're studying, what they're bringing to the world, and how they got there. And it is so important for us to hear from others. Like, you can always make mistakes and learn from them, but I think sometimes it's okay to learn from other people's mistakes and other people's, you know, uh, journeys and really kind of understand um, what were the steps that they have taken to bring them where they are today. Yeah, that's certainly preferable to just have a role model or a mentor that will tell you what what mistakes and what to do and what not to do. But as the saying goes, sometimes one of your own mistakes is worth like a hundred of somebody else's. I forget how it goes, but basically, absolutely, yeah, yes. people have trouble learning from other people. But um, but that's the goal, right? To make less absolutely of your own and learn from others. Absolutely. There is a new podcast that just came out that uh, is called Cautionary Tales. And it's not that I'm advertising it or anything like that, but the idea there is that they talk about mistakes that people have made, you know, throughout the history. So potentially we could learn from it and kind of not repeat those. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Thank you for the recommendation. Definitely. So if you have just a few more minutes, I have a few last questions I'd like to ask. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So what's your advice for pharmacy students that are interested in a more integrative or holistic health model? I think my best advice is be curious. So when you're curious and you're open-minded and you try things that interest you, you find yourself following different paths and meeting new people and exploring things that you probably originally never thought you would. And so that curiosity and that drive is what will help you to find something that will really feed your soul and will help you in general. Thank you. Wonderful advice. Okay, what's the number one thing listeners can do right now to improve their quality of life? sleep, sleep well. So I think that this is sleep is something that um, we, a lot of us are deficient in this society. And I can, and I can admit that I struggle with this sometimes because sometimes you want to read something or you want to watch something and, or you are doing things that are somehow end up competing with us. But there are so few things that are as healing and as profound as your sleep that it would be so unwise not to prioritize your sleep. I ask my students all the time, like, how much do you sleep? And you cannot imagine how many hands go up for four hours a night on average or five hours a night or six hours a night. And the the norm and the typical should be somewhere between eight and nine hours. And so we are sleep deprived very often. And so there's a lot of research and there is a lot of information that is out there to show us that it's absolutely essential. 
Yeah, I completely agree with you. And even if students feel fine for some time cramming for their subjects and prep work, they could never actually, quote unquote, catch up on lost sleep because once it's lost, you know, it just compounds and then there could be issues down the line. Absolutely. Okay, so what's the hobby or downtime of yours? So one thing that I started doing about a year ago is I started dancing. And so the the type of dancing that I do is called Lindy Hop. It's a, a type of swing. And there is absolutely nothing that makes me as excited and as happy as Lindy Hopping. Wow. I was in Boston, I think, last year, and we tried to go to a swing club. And uh, there was an event there happening, but we were so embarrassed to even go there because everybody was super good. You know, they were all coupled up and paired up, and they were all in their top game. So I was like, okay, I have to take a few classes before I can show my face here. <laughs> right, but but the interesting thing is that for a lot of these uh, events, there are classes before you actually go in, and so you can take a class. And even, like, spending that hour and kind of, like, mingling with people and learning a little bit allow you to experiment a little bit and so I would highly recommend I think that even like last week I was reading something that said if you want to keep your memory and if you want to age well dancing is one of those activities that allow you to do so many wonderful things yeah no I absolutely love dancing and I've been dancing for a while just swing is just not my forte Okay. But, uh, I completely agree too because um, you, there's so many so many things working together. You're listening to the music, so it's your mm-hmm. musicality, creativity. You're moving, so it's your physicality and moving along to the music, and then making up steps or remembering steps. So it's it's working for your memory, for your muscles, and just everything, and you, your spirit as well. It just brings so much joy. And it's also a community, so you are surrounded by people, and so that's a a very important piece as well. Yeah, absolutely. I much prefer going to a class, whether it's Zumba or or yoga or dance, rather than just do it at home in front of the TV or something like that. Right. Okay, so what's your favorite beverage? That's a hard one. I think I'm somewhere between kombucha and uh, mushroom teas. So there are a couple of different companies that make teas where they combine mushrooms and spices. And so I like I like both of those. But kombucha, we have a company here, and I interviewed um, their founder. I don't know, maybe a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and I absolutely love it. So yeah, sounds delicious. Okay, so lastly, uh, how can listeners get in touch with you or learn more about you? Of course. So my website is plantloveradio.com. And so um, there is uh, some information on the website about me. There is uh, There are different uh, uh, episodes of the podcast itself. And there are also uh, buttons to invite um to invite uh, uh, visitors to join Plant Love Community. And so every week I send out a newsletter with three herbal medicine resources, and they vary uh, from recipes to events to go to to books that are coming out. So I always find something very interesting uh, out there, and so I share it with uh, my newsletter uh, readers. And so 
this is probably the best way to connect. And uh, if your listeners are listening to podcasts, as they do right now, um, Plant Love Radio, you can find it on any of the podcasting platforms as well. Okay, great. I'll include all of those links and the email you mentioned before for the drug info in our show notes. Yeah, thank you again so much for joining us today and for sharing your wonderful story with the listeners. I hope that you inspire other people that are listening and tuning in right now. Thank you so much. And I want to thank you for what you're doing. I think it's very, very important for students and for other pharmacists and for uh, public to really to understand a little bit better that there are different options and there are different things that they can do. So um, thank you for your uh, incredible work. I appreciate that. All right. Well, it was a pleasure speaking with you, and I hope to connect soon. Likewise. Likewise. Have a great evening. You too. Bye-bye. As always, please send any questions, inquiries, requests to me. My email is marina at rawfork.com or just go on my website, rawfork.com. Leave me a note there. Thank you and have a great week ahead.